Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning, golfers. Your tea time awaits. It's the Tea to Green Golf Show here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Got a thought on the PGA Tour? Want help with your swing? Give the show a call at 803-0550. Tea to Green on WGR is presented by Woods to Wedges, by Michelob Ultra, by the Western New York PGA, by Custom Turf, and by our home clubs, Fox Valley, Tantara, and Briarwood. It's time to talk golf. Here are your hosts, Brian Cozio, Kevin Sylvester, and PGA Pro Jeff Minas. Good morning, 7 o'clock on a beautiful Saturday here in Western New York. It is the Tee to Green Golf Show, your local spot for local golf talk here in Western New York, right here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Thanks for being with us. Brian Koziel, Kevin Sylvester at the Canadian Open. We'll speak with him a little bit later on in the show. PGA Pro Jeff Metis. Today, we are at Bobolink Golf Club in Orchard Park, and it's a beautiful morning, and we're excited to be with you here for the next hour or so, and it might even be a little longer, as I know uh, Jeff Skinner, of course, signing last night late with the Sabres. Uh, I'm going to join Derek Kramer coming up at 8 o'clock as well uh, for some thoughts on that. Uh, but we've got a lot to get to here over the course of the next hour. As I mentioned, Kevin Sylvester, who normally, of course, part of our show, he's at the Canadian Open this week working for PGA Tour Radio. I actually was with Kevin yesterday. We had a good time watching some golf. And uh, Kevin will join us at 7.30 for a little update on what's going on there. Uh, also, of course, our Western New York PGA Tip of the Week. We're here at Bobolink. If you don't know, it's a par 3 course, and we'll be talking about wedge play. So Jeff will give us some insight on that. And, uh, of course, we'll get our Absolute Care Champions Tour report. The Champions Tour players are in Japan as uh, we get you ready also for next week's U.S. Open. So we'll have those picks coming up here. Jeff, meet us. Good morning. Wow. Beautiful morning. Finally, Brian, we're sitting up on the deck here looking over the pond. It's very pastoral. Nice, That's right. Sunny, warm morning. Uh, glad to have it. Glad to be in June and finally get some golf out this season. That's right. We have been battling. No, we love to do our show outside. Well, we've been yeah. doing these back in March. We want to be out. We, we would do it outside in March if we could. Yep. And now uh, last week we we're at Niagara Falls Country Club getting ready for the Women's Porter Cup, which, by the way, finished up yesterday. I'll yep. get you that info, too. Um, we are now outside two weeks in a row. So maybe we are officially now here good with, with and some good golf weather. And finally a streak of weather. I know my, <laughs> my driving range is still very wet, and the golf courses are drying up quickly. Um, this nice stretch should help everybody uh, get caught up a little bit. That's right. So we're excited to be here at Bobble and Golf Club today. Uh, we're going to be joined by the general manager, Tom Stern, and the golf pro here, Jim Dreff, in just one moment. But um, this is a cool place to come to. and A lot if, of memories. Yeah, for those, if, for those that, uh, of course, maybe remember you playing this as a kid or you've played it recently, uh, I, I grew up in Lancaster. So this wasn't too far for me to come, and we would come here. Uh, I, my brother and my friends and I and play at night, and I think that's probably what this course is most know, known for, is playing at night here with the lights. And uh, the, uh, my memory is coming with my dad. My dad used to bring me here as a kid. First yeah. place I ever shot par, as a matter of fact, so I, was, I remember that va uh, vividly. And it's a really neat setup to have a lighted golf course. I think they said they're on 56 acres. they got a driving range. Um, it, it, it's in far better condition than I anticipated. It's in great shape. The greens look good. Um, it does bring back a lot of memories. It's a great place for kids to play, it looks like. You know, just get out there and hit some wedges and some short irons and, and enjoy golf. You know, golf's supposed to be fun, and this looks like it would be a fun place to play. Absolutely. We're looking forward to uh, talking about it here as we bring in our first guest, and that is the general manager, Tom Sturm. We'll also bring in the golf pro as well, Jim Dreff. Tom and Jim, welcome. Well, <clears throat> well, thank you very much, guys. First of all, I'd like to thank you for coming out here today. It is absolutely gorgeous out here today. The sun is shining, and uh, we've had an awful lot of rain this spring, and, uh, you know, the sun really makes it beautiful, especially sitting on a golf course. Uh, I'm really glad you guys are out here today. It's uh, it's, it's going to be a great golf season, and, uh, and uh, it's uh, we're hoping for a really good yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, we, we're really happy that uh, you had us here today. So uh, we'll talk to Jim here in a moment. But, uh, Tom, let's let's just kind of get things off with you, starting things off here with two, uh, with you. This course, we know 
with its setup. I mean, just some really neat looks. Uh, you've got the big pond we're overlooking right now with the fountain and everything. Uh, but a par three course with lights. Uh, I think that's probably what most people will remember. Hey, that's the course I can play at night here. You're still the only one in Western New York right now that people can play at night, right? That's true. I mean, we're really uniquely known for the lights that go, for the lights that go on. It's a you know, it's it's a challenge to keep those poles up and all the lights on every year. But uh, we make sure they're available and make sure the course is open for that. Our nighttime golf activity is probably busier than our mornings and afternoons. It's great to see everybody come out here, and it's great for the kids. And you know, it's something to do besides um you know sitting around playing games, playing video games, get out here on the golf course. And learn the game of golf and have some fun out here. Absolutely. And, and Tom, one thing we always try to talk about every week is junior golf and getting kids involved and playing. And part of the fun of maybe bringing an adult is to bring a kid along and play, whether it's, it's your own son or daughter or a nephew or a neighborhood friend or whoever. You bring a bunch of kids over. Uh, and I'm sure that that sets up right. I'm sure that's exactly who you're, you're hoping to get here is have them come out and have a great time. You mentioned earlier, you know, this is where, this is where my dad took me out to play golf. You yeah. can't believe the number of father and sons that come out here and, you know, just to see the pride in her dad's face and the excitement in the little kid's face. Boy, we had, I had a father and probably a six-year-old here yesterday, and the kid was so happy running around, and he was having a great time. And his dad goes, we'll probably let a bunch of people play through, but we're going to have fun today. You know, that's what this course is all about, to come out here and have a good time but teach the basic golf lessons uh, we got Jimmy Dreff here our pro you know and we've got golf camps golf youth camps we got all types of programs throughout the summer to help teach kids how to play golf I think it's it's great I mean it makes me want to bring my daughter out she's 21 I think hey, it'd be a fun time to come out and uh and uh, take a walk. No carts, huh? That's interesting. Well, there's no riding carts. Yeah, you don't need them. Three. Yeah, you don't right. need them. Yeah, that's right. That's cool. We don't need them in the pond. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Absolutely. It well, is different that your your peak time is later in the day. It's towards the evening, or most facilities, the morning's the busiest time of day. Yeah. You guys can see here where it's a beautiful morning, but we don't get much activity early in the morning. But I drove by a couple of courses coming out here, and they got 20, 30 cars in there. Because, yep. And, well, I think one of the key factors, it doesn't take five, six hours to play golf here. You can you can get done in, in a couple of hours, and we got a great restaurant here. You get something to eat, uh, maybe have a bottle of beer, and that, you know your day. You still got plenty of your day left to do things you need to do. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah Tom Sturm, the general manager, with us here. Now let's bring in Jim Dreff, the golf pro. Jim, good morning. Thanks. Morning. For, thanks for uh, joining us this morning. We're great. You're welcome. Yeah. So you get to work with a lot of the juniors and young kids here. Yes. I'm sure, that's got to be something that you really like doing. Well, I've been doing it quite a while. 25 years. I actually been running golf camps at Bob Link. Uh, as a matter of fact, our first program starts this Monday, and that will run for a week, and then we run other programs in July. So, uh, yeah, the golf programs are popular. Start the kids. Some of them start as young as six years old. Uh, bring them along, you know, see how they do. Try to get them to continue. We have um, golf tournaments for youth as well. Uh, we bring them along. By the time they're 9, 10 years old, if they're still interested in playing, we have nine-hole tournaments. Then we have an 18-hole group. We have 18-hole tournaments. We run eight of those every year. And uh, they're very competitive. And what I do is once you win your nine-hole competition, then I'll move you into the 18-hole group and see if you can win that. Then the idea is to bring you along, bring you into district golf, bring you into high school golf. And uh, everybody's different. We see how you do if you, you know, enjoy it and continue, you know. Some kids drop off, others not. I mean, it's pretty much like any sport as you go along. Yeah, junior golf, uh, it, it's one of my passions, teaching kids. And, and teaching kids at different ages is what's important. You know, if you get a five to, five to six is kind of young to start kids at golf. Around seven, I mean, you get them started, but you just don't want to push them too much. Seven, yeah. eight, you treat them differently. Nine, ten, you know, if you follow that American, uh, the PGA coach model. Uh, but competition is good for the kids wouldn't you agree once they get yeah going? they enjoy it mm -hmm. you know some do some don't but the majority like it and like you said when we start the kids at six years old it's pretty much well i'll set them up get them in a good grip good posture and just have them swing and just keep them swinging i might just sit on a on a pail right at the at the tee box on the driving range and just keep teeing up balls from and have them just keep swinging and swinging you know and they enjoy swinging the kids love to just keep swinging and that's the starting point yeah and like i said as we go along you know if they you know come out with their parents and stay with it and like i said bob link is a great place to start uh par three 18 hole par three a lot of short holes what i usually do generally with the kids it's a six in your pocket rule so double par that's it 
move to the next hole. Just we keep play moving along. And uh, I follow that rule myself when I'm playing. It's <laughs> 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 a hard and fast rule when I'm playing golf. Double yes. par. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. We're here at Bobolink here on TD Green. Thanks for being with us this morning on WGR. Just an absolutely beautiful weekend. So I uh, hope your, your plans include golf at some point. We're with the general manager, Tom Sturm, and the golf professional here, Jim Drepp. Uh, as we talk about everything that Bobolink has to offer, including, as we said, junior golf here. Uh, a golf, you guys have a golf camp coming up. Uh, Tom and Jim will let Starting you, Monday. Starting on yes. Monday. Yeah, so we'll talk a little bit about that. And also, I know you have one running throughout the summer, too, in July, and people can still sign up for that, right? Yes, absolutely. As a matter of fact, we're just starting to sign up on that right now for the uh, July program. Um, but again, starting Monday, uh, generally, uh, there'll be maybe 20 Maybe it used to be a lot more popular than it is now. I used to get as many as 50 kids, and the camp would run sometimes three weeks. And what I do is I run it Monday, Wednesday, Friday, this coming week. That'll be from 9 till 12 o'clock. And what we do is we start on the putting green. And I have little challenges for the kids on the putting green, in other words, you know, just to keep the interest. Take them from the putting green, little etiquette, some rules on the putting green. And we'll go over to the driving range. We'll work on the swing a little bit. And afterwards, then we get everyone on the golf course. What we do is every day, everyone plays at least nine holes. So we're trying to get all the kids to play nine holes. Sometimes it's a challenge for the younger ones. But like I said, six in your pocket rule. And I modify a lot of the golf holes, especially for the younger kids. In other words, let's say uh, they're struggling from the tee box. I'll move them halfway down the fairway. We'll start from there, you know, just so they can keep it... uh, you know, connected. You yeah, know, stay spo- connected with it. It's supposed to be fun. You got to right. keep it fun. It's got to be fun. And your kids should be always moving. The more they're standing around, uh, they're not engaged, then it's not fun. I agree. Think with about you. when you were seven, eight, nine, ten years old. You wanted to keep moving. And when you see kids running, that's how I know they're having fun. When they yeah. run between <laughs> shots, that's when you know they're having fun. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think, and you said adjusting the yardages and things like that. I, th- I think we've seen that just that the golf world as a whole, whether it's pertaining to uh, as a whole, whether it's pertaining to junior golfers or any level of golfers right. here tf yeah. forward yeah they, they've been whether it's been uh, moving up tees or adjusting how many holes we play i think finally and I, you you can disagree if you want here but i i feel like for a while golf was caught in the it must fit this format and it must be in this this way otherwise it doesn't fe- you know it doesn't seem right and i think the golf world now is embracing the fact that golf can look a whole bunch of different ways so that everybody can enjoy it. Yeah, that tee it forward. We, uh, we're big proponents of that at our club at Glen Oak. You know, we put Bluetooth speakers on our carts now so people can listen to music. All those old adages, you know, you got to play 18, you got to keep scoring on every hole, you got to finish out every hole, you got to play from the back gates. Although you got to wear proper, you know, you, you don't have to wear golf shoes. You can go out and play golf and sneakers and still have a good time. All those things are starting to uh, starting to fade away and, and golf's starting to change. Um, you have to adapt with the time. It's still a great game. People still love playing it, but it's way more fun if you're putting for birdies more often. That's why that tee it forward is, you know, people, every club we put it in, you try to get the uh, the older groups or whatever group to move forward based on how far you hit it. It's way more fun to hit an eight iron into a green than a three iron or a hybrid. It's yeah. way more fun to have a bunch of birdie putts than trying to get up and down with your wedge from 100 yards or par every hole. So those things make golf fun. Once people get to that and get the... They're enjoying their day more. They're playing faster. It's 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 a smart thing. I feel like we've. I feel like you're right. I think it took golf a long time to get over a lot of those uh, prohibitions and and start being more inclusive. That's right. Seven thirteen here on WGR Sports Radio five fifty. It is T to Green. We're live at Bobolink Golf Club. Brian Colziel and PGA Pro Jeff Metis here. Derek Kramer producing back in our Amherst studios. Kevin Sylvester, of course, normally part of our show. He's at the Canadian Open. It's in Hamilton. We'll uh, speak with him on the phone a little bit later on in the show. But we're joined right now from Bobolink by the general manager, Tom Stern, and the golf pro, Jim Dreff. Uh, Tom, back to you here. Take us through at night here. I remember playing here as a kid, but what's the scene like here on like a on on a night like tonight might be maybe around nine nine o'clock or so at night here. Tell me what that looks like. Boy, you know when we have our nighttime golf here, it's just a great setting. We got so many so many so much activity, so many people coming out to play, and everybody's having a great time. And you know we we have always two or three people here at the clubhouse trying to make sure we manage through any situation that can take place because there's so many groups out there and playing through. We even have, you could buy in the, buy in the uh, clubhouse glow-in-the-bark glow in balls 
they you, you hit these and they uh, you, you, it's great to watch them at nighttime when they're outside the lights and it's just a, we tr- make it a really fun night here to have a, a great time. Yeah, to just picture this all filled up with yep. players and stuff like that at night's got to be a really really cool thing. I I, I want to go back to just the, the the family aspect of it and the beginner aspect of it too. I think when you come here too, I mean this is a spot where I feel like that there's some challenge. You got some water and some things like that, but it's also there's it's a forgiving course in the sense that you know sometimes what what Jeff a hurdle we talk about sometimes too is overcoming you know like well what if i'm not good like that sort of thing. oh those you barriers know. yeah that's what yeah. i think everybody in the golf industry has been trying to break down lately you know how much time does it take to play well that's t it forward that's a place like this where you can play 18 holes in a, in a short amount of time yeah. cost you know golf is perceived as expensive it not, isn't necessarily and doesn't have to be um and all the uh, the etiquette and stuff that people are worried about if you go out and you go with someone that knows the game, you can learn the basics. You can still have fun. I always tell my beginner programs. I teach a ton of beginner programs. No one cares what you shoot when you play. They care whether you play fast and whether you know the drill or the rules and the etiquette out there. When is your turn to play? Are you ready to hit? All those kind of things. So if you could, this is a perfect place to come out. Hit some balls. Go out. Play out here. There's no. Uh, there's no. Uh, I wouldn't say. It, I think it's the word snobbery. <laughs> yeah. uh, there wouldn't be any snobbery out here. You wouldn't feel like you're out of place if you're wearing jeans or or a t-shirt out here. I wouldn't think. No, and you know, you bring. We were talking a lot about the youth camps and all the youth programs we got around here. You know, but during the day we have a huge retirement group. We get about five leagues of retirement leagues that come out here and play golf. You know, right. I, I know a lot of you know guys that are big hitters. They they get in their leagues at night and things like that. Some of the bigger courses, but you wouldn't believe the number of retired people, both men and ladies, that come out and play this course every day. And our leagues are wonderful. We're very flexible with those leagues. We we a lot of times don't have starting times, tee times. They come on out, they group together, they, or they all go out as different foursomes all the time. And they just have a great time. And it's a great environment to see all these, you know, retirement people out here playing golf. And we got all kinds of gr- great deals for them. You know, we only charge 12 bucks for our league play. You know, and, it's, and these guys come out and, and they have an awful lot of fun. And, they, you know, at 11, 12 o'clock, they might be sitting on the patio having a beer already. So Absolutely. <laughs> That's great. I like it. That's right. <laughs> and also, too, Lunch beers. let's face it, a hurdle with golf sometimes is the time. People's yep. times these days seems to be as valuable as ever, rightly or wrongly. It's just how life is now. And I don't, that was something you mentioned to me even before we got on air here today, is that if you want to get your golf fix in, but maybe you've got 87 other things to do this weekend, you can still come here, and it might only take you a couple hours to play. Yep. And then you're moving on for your day and your home, and... Uh, you can get all your chores done on top of that. But it, <laughs> it's a great place to come out and play. That's right. We're here at Bobolink in Orchard Park, the par threes. Um, how about just a little about the course itself, Jim? We'll go to you for that. Um, longest hole is 160. Yes. And uh, all par threes, right? Just all par threes, What are yes. some of the aspects of the course that you like? Uh, you know, uh, some people like the back nine, some people like the front nine. Um, you know, it's a really good opportunity to work on your short game. Um seven eight nine pitching wedge you're putting you know sometimes uh, a lot of the women hybrids and even drivers for that expect you know and they enjoy that and uh like i say what i try to do is i get people to come down to the range to warm up a little bit before they play and uh um yeah no one seems to hold anybody up everything seems to move very smoothly and uh it's not like it used to be in the old days when we opened here in 1964 (laughs) night golf was seriously popular then things have changed a lot since then i mean we're still busy at night but in those days we could actually have a bag line all the way from the first tee all the way up to the clubhouse so in that respect yeah the night golf has changed it's still very popular at night um it's a different draw at night than it is during the day we get a lot of um high school kids a lot of college kids at night so it's a little bit different situation and um but uh they love it and uh, they enjoy it. And again, for the player who's, you know, look at it more as a uh, amusement in the sense that you're not on the full length course like up the street, let's say at Harvest Hill or something yeah. to that effect. You come here, it's much more enjoyable. It's much more of a laid back situation. People will play with their family, bring their brothers and sisters and girlfriends and boyfriends and stuff like that. And it was very enjoyable for them, and they'll sit on the patio and relax, you know, after they're done playing. Or Believe it or not, some people just come just to sit on the patio just to observe, don't even play, have lunch, you know, yeah. beverage, and uh, there's a lot of that going on, too. Awesome. Thanks. It's a 
teenagers, college kids. You just had a daughter kind of go through that age level here. I two of them, yes. But yeah. dropping her off here or letting her go here, like that's something at least you feel as a parent at that, you know, when you get to that age, like, uh-oh, where are they going? What are they doing? Drop them off here. You're feeling pretty good yeah, about it. Yeah, the golf course, they all, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're never too worried when your kid's at the golf course. Yeah, that's a uh, – The parents, the parents are uh, – The parents are – feel safe dropping their kids off even younger kids even 12 years old 13 years old they'll drop their parents off they'll come they'll check in with me maybe they'll give me their phone number in case i need to contact them but you know kids are fine they can go around in two and a half hours sometimes they'll play more than 18 sometimes they'll uh, go down to the range some we have a practice facility up there where you can work on your short game you know everyone's a little bit different but the parents feel safe that when they drop their kids off at bobolink that uh, they'll be taken care of and watched over and nothing serious is ever going to happen so. yeah yeah it's always a good place for kids yeah. great place for kids to grow up around the golf course no doubt well tom so we got to commend you and uh, jim and your staff like when we walked in we're like wow it, the, the greens look immaculate it looks perfect for as wet of a spring as we've had here the course looks in phenomenal shape so kudos to you and your staff for that we've got a groundskeeping crew that is uh they've done a phenomenal job this year and boy it has been the biggest challenge i've ever seen with the amount of rain we've had uh you know, we were talking earlier about some of the driving ranges in the area. They're just underwater, and, you know, our, ours is ours is, uh, is out there, but there's an awful lot of balls buried in the ground out there, I can tell you that. That's you know. right. Uh, and uh, we saw, too, in terms of inside the pro shop, mm-hmm. U.S. Kids Golf. I know that's a, a, a brand that we've talked about for juniors. Jeff, yep. that's that's a good brand for if you're trying to get kids like a set of clubs, that's a good brand to go with. Yeah, right? kids, because they're, they're kid-specific. One of yeah. the worst things you can do for kids is to give them cut-down adult clubs because the lie angles don't work, they're, they're too heavy, the shafts are too stiff, the cl- everything about them is wrong for kids. So if you're looking for kids' clubs, buy kid-specific clubs. Don't cut down, don't give them your wife's clubs, don't go and get, go spend a few bucks and get them because it'll make the game much more fun, much more enjoyable easier to hit good shots it's really really hard to hit a good shot if you're 10 years old and you got your dad's cut down seven iron it's yeah it's, it's there's not a lot of that it. though yeah, yeah yeah there's a lot of that yeah, yeah. it makes the game cut harder seven irons. yeah it makes the game harder for the kids and then they enjoy it less and they have less fun and they don't succeed and it's a spiral so go get one club even if it's the right kid at our facility i have demo junior clubs all the time available so if anybody wants to come we have clubs they can they can use if they want to go to the range that's so. right and even, you know what, even if maybe right now the par three thing is not your thing, but you do like to hit golf balls and practice, you guys have a great practice area here, Jim. To the, driving, the driving range does very well, especially this spring since the course has been so wet. The driving range has really been doing a great job. But like Tom was saying, we are losing quite a few golf balls. I mean, <laughs> hundreds of dozens of golf balls. I feel your pain. Regularly. Yeah. <laughs> and there's just not much you can do about it. I mean, our, our greenskeepers go out there and they handpick golf balls because they're getting plugged and uh even by doing that you're still losing a lot of golf balls it's just just the way it is this spring it's just yeah. a tough spring i had to bring somebody in just to pick all day yeah. every day i feel like yeah no so, doubt i think we're waiting for the golf ball trees to grow. some people enjoy <laughs> picking golf balls i mean that's i don't right. mind going out there and no. plunging trying trying to look for them that's right yeah, if they were seeds we'd uh, we'd be in trouble that's right <laughs> well tom and jim thank you so much for having us here today we appreciate you joining us bobolink here uh, 4085 South Transit Road in Orchard Park if you want to give them a call if you need have any questions uh, if you want to get your kid involved in the junior program here uh, they have another one a camp coming up in July you can call up here and ask to talk to Jim Dreff the pro the number is 662-4311 bobolinkgolf.com is the website as well they've got all their information there on rates and all the other junior programs and wonderful things that they have here so Tom, Jim, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah, you got a nice place. Absolutely. Tom Sturm, the GM. Jim Drep, the golf pro here at Bobolink. We'll take a break here on Tee to Green. We're live at Bobolink here on just an absolutely perfect day for golf. Perfect day to do anything here in western New York. Yes, we definitely are owed this from what we've had this spring. With PGA Pro Jeff Minas, I'm Brian Colzio. We'll have Kevin Sylvester live at the Canadian Open coming up next segment right here on Tee to Green on WGR.
Time for a check of the PGA Tour leaderboard, brought to you by Encore Golf, Buffalo's Golf Ball, and by Donald Ross, the world's finest golf apparel, and by New Era Golf, headwear engineered to perform that never sacrifices style. Welcome back here on Tee to Green. Brian Colziel, PGA Pro Jeff Metis, Kevin Sylvester at the Canadian Open. We'll get to him in just one moment. We are live at Bobolink Golf Club here in Orchard Park. Thanks to General Manager Tom Stern and Golf Pro Jim Dreff for joining us last segment. Some great insight on the course. Uh, we'll obviously uh, be sharing more here throughout the show. But again, uh, you want to just check out their website. If you haven't been here in a while, like, come check it out. Just on a beautiful day here this morning. Course in great shape. Uh, if you want to Take your kid. Hey, Father's Day is coming up. Mm, it's a good Father's Day. Grab your dad and yeah. go play. Or take your son or daughter and go play. Yeah. Yeah, right? that's a good idea for Father's Day. I wouldn't mind that if my kids are listening, which I'm pretty sure they're not. That's right. Yeah. And you can come at night. That's well. <laughs> they're not up yet. That's right. PJ Tour leaderboard time. Canadian Open. They're at the Hamilton Golf and Country Club. Matt Kuchar and Scott Brown are tied for the lead. They're at 12 under par. They've shot identical 65, 63s. They'll tee off at 210 today. Uh, Brant Snedeker amongst those, one shot back at 11 under. Webb Simpson at 10, and uh, there are one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four Canadians in the top seven, including Adam Hadwin, who's probably the most recognizable name, Mackenzie Hughes as well. That's so good. there'll be uh, some O Canada's going on here today, Jeff, I'm okay. sure, yeah, with, uh, with the galleries and the crowd. They'll, they'll be fighting and pulling for those guys. Canadian golf is getting better and better every year, and this is their big event of the year, obviously. So these guys, you know, where an American might point to the U.S. Open, the Canadians will definitely point to the Canadian Open. That's right. McElroy is at minus seven, so in contention. Uh, yesterday, I got a chance to watch Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, and Brant Snedeker. Brant Snedeker shot, shot a 60. You saw that. That's pretty cool. That's, it was That's cool. going really low. I yeah. saw almost every hole of that. He just made everything. And, great up and downs, phenomenal round. And he's out there with a couple bashers, and he's not a basher. And it was all with his putting stroke, you said, right? That's right. He yeah. putted great. That's right. All right, for more on the Canadian Open, we go to Hamilton, and we bring in the third man of our show, Kevin Sylvester. Kevin, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? <laughs> good, good, Kev. How are you? Kevin, how are you doing today? Good morning. <laughs> well, we're up in Canada, and the Raptors game, and, you know, I had to support the countrymen here, so. <laughs> That's right. Well, that was good. Yes, the Raptors won, so they're going to be even happier Canadians today. That's right. Well, Kev, I know that uh, when you were up there, you were, of course, working for PGA Tour Radio. I, uh, you and I got to see Kepka, Thomas, and Snedeker finish up their round together. And Snedeker, as, as Jeff said, you know, we know he's going to be not hitting it maybe as far as Kepka and Thomas do. But, boy, his putter was on fire and even some of his saves to kind of keep that 59 number in play down the stretch, really, really impressive. Well, certainly, as you know, you say he's not as long as those players, but this golf course is not, um, you know, the, the length is taken out of it, if you will. Uh, it's not mega long, players. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a place under 7,000 yards. So, um, it, 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 I say it doesn't matter. Plus, you know, Seneca's plenty long. I mean, he's tour long, so that's fine. I mean, he's not hitting at 340 yards, so fine. Uh, you know, he's, he's tour long. But, yeah, his his putting was just incredible. Everything was going in. But what I thought was remarkable, because you got to make some saves to keep things going, and I remember seven, Brian, when he <laughs> when I interviewed him after the round, he, he called it a shank. <laughs> a word I hate, everybody hates using, right? Um, and yep. he made an incredible up and down on seven. The, the shot he hit in the thick rough uh, way right, and it was just a, a remarkable to see, uh, not remarkable, stunning to see such a bad shot from a guy who's playing so well. But then he comes back, and this is what the tour players do. They all hit bad shots, but their next shot is just so good for the recovery, for the most part, for the most part. That putt it's, it, that he made, and he said, you know, he was fortunate that Kepka was outside, so he saw the line uh, to make it. It's, it's just great. And then I love the fact that he went, he went, he went to hold it out on his approach shot on nine. He said, I was going for it. Figured, hey, you know what? Maybe I could pop it in there and shoot fifty nine again, which he shot last August at the Wyndham. 
the uh, it's not the shank that you're afraid of. It's the shot after you hit the shank that's usually the tough one. It, it is weird to see a or a peculiar to have a really really good player hit a shank. Was it an actual shank, Kev? Well, that's that's what he called it. I mean, Jeff he uh. had 150 yards, and there's a left hole location, and it just was immediately right. It was like a hosel rocket. <laughs> um, <laughs> it just went, you know, had the distance is just so far right. It was almost like a double cross. With the driver yet, he had, you know, a 9-iron in his hand. Yeah. Kevin Sylvester from the Canadian Open, Hamilton Golf and Country Club, as uh, he joins us live here, his work this week on PGA Tour Radio. You can, of course, listen to him there. Uh, Kev, that course itself, as you said, it's ripe for scoring. The Canadian Open seems to be kind of set up in that way. We, of course, see it at Glen Abbey in Toronto so often, but uh, it makes for some exciting times. And McElroy shot really low yesterday. Thomas did. Uh, Kepka got himself back in the mix. Justin, uh, Dustin Johnson did as well. Uh, there's a lot of big names there this week, and I guess I would say that the Canadian Open has to be happy with its new spot in the calendar. I think that they're, in terms of the, the marquee names on the PGA Tour, they've they've got an improved group from maybe where they had in the last few years. Well, it, certainly, yes. I mean, if it, the, the spot in the schedule has produced a, a better field, one of the best fields they've had, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, you know, this golf course is, I, I think, phenomenal. I mean, <laughs> I had a chance to play it a month ago, Brian. Hey, you were there yesterday. Um, it, it's quite the workout, too, uh, walking the golf course. <laughs> Matter of fact, I burned some calories uh, walking around yesterday. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So Shane Lowry, I was following him in the afternoon um, after, uh, you know, we, we uh, I think you had to go, but um, – Lowry on 18, that was his ninth hole of the day, and I was calling him, and he, I was in the walkway up 18, going to one, and he starts walking up, and I, I said to him, you know, Shane and I have a similar build, and I said, man, they need a tow rope to get up here, and he goes, I have, you know, he's Irish, but I'll, I'll spare the Irish accent, he goes, well, I have the honor, and I need to start going now, or I won't make it before. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I I uh, enjoyed walking yesterday. Yes, it was a, it was a workout, but uh, some good views in the sense that there are some hills you can get up high and see a lot of holes in that area. Yeah, I mean, I would encourage anybody if you want to go. I mean, look at McElroy, Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Kucher, Snedeker. Uh, they're all up there, and you know, it's from Buffalo. It's just about maybe about an hour and twenty minutes or so, and uh, I went yesterday, and uh, I, I I had a good time. So if you're you know if you want to go see the PGA Tour players, it's as close as it's going to be all year. Yep, and uh, an opportunity to go. I've been able to play that well, golf course. It is it's beautiful. That's worth the ride up there just to check out the facility too, and to get to see these players up close. You said it wasn't super crowded yesterday, and uh, they are close. It, it, it's definitely worth the trip. Yeah, and you get to see Kevin working. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, yeah, which is rare. Um, but what the, <laughs> if you're going today, you're going to have to scalp a ticket. They're sold out this weekend. Oh, yeah. Really? Which oh, wow. Yeah, which they're you know, so proud of that they are sold out. And, you know, one of, the, one of the great things that they do, the 13th hole, they call it the rink. It was voted best in, best in class for the part three. It, it's a hockey rink around the tee box. And all the fans are there patting the boards and players come in. All the marshals on the whole are wearing referee jerseys. It's just a really cool deal, uh, what they had. Funny thing, Adam Hadwin, he's from uh, you know Vancouver, so it's the rank he put on a Vancouver Canucks jersey that he signed. He planned on throwing it to the gallery. They were booing him because they're Maple Leaf fans. So he threw it back in his bag. That was pretty funny. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Hey, Kev, two more things here before we let you go. We're here at Bobolink uh, in Orchard Park, and – it just looks phenomenal here. Uh, I know that you've played it here before, and we've been talking about just a cool spot to go with your kids or just a cool spot and come and uh, play and work on your short game or, as we said, for Father's Day, go take your, your dad. And, but to play at night here, it's the only lit up, the only uh, course that's lit at, at night in western New York. I mean, it's a, it's a really unique spot and uh, something that the golf community should be proud of here. I know you've played this. Uh, just your thoughts on, on this course that we're at today. Well, you know what? It, it, it's fun, right? Playing par threes. Um, you know, first of all, golf's supposed to be fun, and those who are looking to, you know, ha- have a fun time, maybe you know, bring your kids. It's not, you know, you know, a terrible walk. Um, you know, because it's a par three, uh, they have a range there too. 
And at nighttime, you mentioned, I mean, what a cool thing to play golf at night, which, you know, we talk all the time about that. They'll be at the tour event at some point where they light up the whole golf course and the whole thing's played at night, um, which would be really neat. So, yeah, that's one of the unique things in the summertime. You know, it's like uh, it's like driving movies, right? You know, there's great movie theaters. And the summertime you go see driving movie, well, you get to play golf at night. I think it's great. Absolutely. Last thing, Kev, before you let go, let's uh, all three of us hear a little thought on the Women's Porter Cup. We were there last week. It finished up yesterday at Niagara Falls Country Club. Jackie Rogowitz ended up winning. Penn State, right? From Penn State, yep. right. She was uh, in... in she went to 18, and, you know, the three of us, we were there last week. We played it, Kev, and you and I talked about, hey, what's it like to play with a gallery and some pressure? Well, Rogowitz had a two-shot lead going to 18, and she just came short of the green, which, of course, you know, we know we, it could happen, and the ball was buried. It took her two to get out. She took a double bogey, which means she had to go to a playoff. She ended up going against an Australian girl by the name of Isabel Taylor. The two of them played the playoff. Rogowitz came back and ended up winning. Um, so pretty cool that she was able to overcome some adversity there playing that final 18th uh, and then regroup herself and go on to win uh, the Women's Porter Cup. Well, which is which is great, right, to, to bounce back from that. You know, actually enough, I played behind Isabel Taylor last Monday at the Niagara uh, Open for Memorial Hospital up there. And man, can she hit the golf ball! <laughs> it was unbelievable. Um, the, the long drive hole, uh, the drive that she hit was she she uh, nearly outdrove the men on the longest drive, and was the women's longest drive winner by far. So um, cool to see that she performed well too. But um, yeah, I mean, how exciting is a playoff, right? And yeah. I always like seeing when someone you know, uh, I don't know, you know. I don't want to say chokes, but, you know, struggles. They get back in the playoff and bounce back to win. That's very cool. Absolutely. Yeah, power is not exclusive to the men's game anymore. That's for sure. No doubt. No. Well, Kev, enjoy uh, your weekend up in Hamilton. You have absolutely perfect weather, and it uh, sounds like you're going to be hearing some loud galleries. Not only you mentioned the ticket sales, but uh, those three uh, Canadians, four Canadians in the top seven. That should make for a fun day, too. Oh, yeah, they're, and, and you know what? They're, they'll be playing with a lot of pressure because they're going to be a Canadian who's won the Canadian Open in forever. So uh, <laughs> these guys want to win. They want to win it bad. Absolutely. Thanks, Kev. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Okay, guys. Take care. All right. Kevin Sylvester there. Has, uh, he's at the Canadian Open. Yeah, it was fun to walk that course this year. So you've played it at Hamilton. I have played it. It's been a while, but yeah, I, I, I do remember the vistas, the hills. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of elevation change. That part of the country, it's just custom made. It's like the Philadelphia. It feels like or, yeah. or Rochester. There's just such great terrain for golf courses, and that's been a golf hub for. I mean, there's it's such a big city, and all around on the in the suburbs, there's just it's just littered with great golf courses. Yeah, it, it, it was it was a good workout to walk. However, once you got to where you wanted to be, like you could see outstanding views and you could see multiple holes and it, it, it is good for spectating in that sense and sold out man how often do you hear that in a golf tournament that's great um canadian sports fans are showing up for their national championship that's right and they're pumped the raptors won again last night it sounds like kev might have been uh, been out there with them enjoying that victory last night absolutely that's right <laughs> yeah, i agree thanks to kevin for joining us here as uh, we are on td green we're live at bobbling golf club 4085 South Transit Road in Orchard Park. BobolinkGolf.com is the website. You can contact him, 662-4311. Uh, when we come back, we'll get you our Western New York PGA Tip of the Week. We'll also get you our Champions Tour report. Champions Tour players are in Japan. Cool spot for them to be this week. And our U.S. Open picks coming up. Mine's going to be a surprise. Now you know where you're going with <laughs> That's right. Back at Bobolink here in Orchard Park with PGA Pro Jeff Metis. I'm Brian Colesio. Hey, and we got Jeff Skinner talk coming up at 8 right after TD Green. So some big news for the Sabres. We'll be talking about that as well here as we roll on from Bobolink. Thanks for being with us. TD Green on WGR. Back after this. Listen up, golfers. Here comes the Western New York PGA Tip of the Week, brought to you by the Western New York PGA. The Western New York PGA has one goal, promoting and growing the game of golf today, tomorrow, and beyond. TD Green back here at Bobolink Golf Club in Orchard Park on a 
perfect day here in Western New York. Brian Colziel, PGA Pro Jeff Minas. Thanks to Kevin Sylvester for joining us from the Canadian Open. Round three today. Just pretty much getting almost set to start up at Hamilton Golf and Country Club. As Kevin said, if you're thinking about going today or tomorrow in Hamilton, it's sold out. So you're going to have to buy tickets via the secondary market. Is that legal? Yeah, yeah. Stuff up in Canada it might be. Place like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Or the guy on the side of the road, sure. Right, right. I check mean, check for the uh, <laughs> veracity of those tickets when you buy them on the side of the road. That's right. Yes. Yeah, you can do that as yes. well. Uh, we'll get to our tip of the week here. You heard it, the Western York PGA tip of the week in just one moment. Let's first get to our Champions Tour report. It's brought to you by Absolute Care, affordable adult-assisted living, and a really cool spot this week for the Champions Tour players. We, of course... Kept a close eye on them a few weeks ago when they were at Oak Hill in Rochester for the Senior PGA. But the uh, Champions Tour players this week are in Japan at Narita Golf Club. And why do I like it? Because at midnight there's live golf on. Wow, that's a long flight for those players, man. I know. hope they have the next week off. Yeah, it, uh, it's, it's been some pretty cool sights to see it. Uh, Scott McCarron is your leader uh, from Japan right now. He is 8 under par. Through two rounds of play, Kirk Triplett, one shot back, and uh, a host of golfers at minus six, including Darren Clark. But a uh, cool spot this week for the Champions Tour players in Japan. And again, our Champions Tour report brought to you by Absolute Care. All right, our Western Europe PGA Tip of the Week time. We're here at Bobolink. It's a par three course. If you come and play, you might be using your short irons and your wedge quite a bit here. So let's talk about wedge play, Jeff. What are some of the keys to being the best wedge player you can be well first of all you should have a couple wedges you know most people a lot of a lot of sets i see don't even contain a sand wedge um you want to have when we fit people for wedges you want to have about a four to six degree gap between your wedges you're going to score more with your wedges than you are with your long irons you're better off taking putting a wedge in and taking maybe your three or four especially if you have a three iron take mm -hmm. your four iron out of the bag throw an extra wedge in you're going to hit more shots close to the green than you will ever with that four iron and you're going to save yourself some shots so you want to have some good what we call gapping between those wedges you want to have good distance when you hit your wedges there's not some big gap like well i can't i don't have a shot from 85 to 110 you want to have something in there so typically look at your wedges in about four degree increments if you're a longer hitter you might be able to go six most good players are carrying a pitching, a gap, a sand, and a lob. So they're going to be carrying four wedges. With a wedge, what I see mostly is people try to hit it high every time. But when you go to a tour event and you watch good players, they're actually driving that wedge in there. You don't want to hit what we call the flick and float, where the ball is very far forward in your stance and you kind of flick and release under that wedge and either blade it or hit it really high and floaty. Move the ball take a little narrower stance with your wedge and move the ball slightly behind center and keep your handle or the shaft ahead a little bit through impact and try to drive that ball instead of helping that ball up into the air. Try to drive that ball towards the target. Keep the flight of that golf ball a little lower than what you might think the wedge would call for. That's how you'll be able to control your distance. And when you see people that you know, everybody wants their wedge to stop, hit and stop. Well, you have to you put it back in your stance a little. That'll give you a slightly steeper angle of attack. It'll put a little bit more spin on it. And flighting it lower will help you control the distance. So I suggest you put the ball a little bit further back in your stance. Keep you, the handle ahead. When you say that, you're saying right in the middle or two-thirds of the way back? or You know, it depends on the shot you're trying to hit. Yeah. Um, but behind center for some okay. of these, you don't want to get it too far back because then you'll just end up hammering down and having a really steep divot. Right. You don't need to be steep with your wedge. The um, you know, as, as long as you move the ball back a little bit, you still want to come in you know, and take a little skinny divot, but you do want to feel like you're driving it forward. It's more like a knockdown than... Um, than a normal shot would be. Uh, right. So it's almost going to feel like a knockdown. So when you go to the range today to warm up for your round, you should always be hitting some wedges, but try to flight those wedges a little bit lower. You'll notice you'll have a little shorter follow-through, a little lower follow-through. You're kind of bunting it. And you don't want to hit your wedges hard. You know, if you can go to another wedge. Try to make sure you're always making a compact balanced rhythmic swing with your wedges because it's more about controlling distance and hitting it far so make sure you have enough wedges you know wedge fitting is something we do too because there's different bounce angles some people are what we call sweeper sliders where they take they sweep the ball or slide under it and don't take much of a divot and some people are diggers where their wedge goes really deep now a person who takes deep divots you're going to want to have a little more bounce a person who doesn't take much of a divot you're going to want to have a little less bounce and then all those things and how the 
the wedge interacts with the turf is also important. So you can hear the proper sound. The, you know, the old the story is when Bob Vokey's fitting people for wedges, he doesn't even actually watch. He turns his back and listens to the sound, and then he knows by how the, the club is interacting with the turf what kind of wedge you should be put into. That's impressive to just listen like that. You know, after a while, you can <laughs> tell what a good wedge sounds like. You know, That's just true. like a good golf shot. You were at the you're at the PGA yeah, Tour event yesterday. It just sounds different. The things sound different. Better, I should say. No. Yeah, and yeah. it shouldn't sound too squishy. Like you know, that yeah. uh, this time of year, a lot of shots sound squishy <laughs> with the weather. My feet standing on the ground sound squishy. <laughs> sound squishy. Yeah, but wedge play is so very important. You know, I, I always say, you know, that's the difference between the really good players and good players are really good players very very good with their wedge yeah how about weight should should it be more on your front right for when you're making contact i do i do like that because there's it's a less violent move there's not as much aggression towards the target or as, uh, you know you're not making as aggressive a swing so i kind of like to preset that weight forward i like to think of the placket of my shirt is in front of the golf ball at impact so that's my center of gravity be in front of the golf ball. Then I can hit the ball, then the turf, and that also helps me drive that wedge in a little bit lower. Excellent. Okay, good advice there. Of course, you can talk to any PGA professional about how to get yourself better, get involved in the game. Go to WNYPGA.com. Yeah, that forward wedge, that forward ball position with a wedge, that's tough, just yeah. so you know. All right, good advice. All right, a few minutes left here on TD Green. Don't forget, don't go anywhere. Derek Kramer back in our Amherst studios. We'll be uh, talking about Jeff Skinner, and I'm going to stick around a little bit here as well and uh, do a little on the big Sabres news of the day. Uh, don't forget Sal coming up 11-2. to 2. He'll be heavy Jeff Skinner, and then Dan Cave and I will be at Batavia Downs. It's Belmont Day. Oh, that's right. We're due for a win. That's our right. Our team here. So, we'll uh, yes, our, our TD Green bet is due for a win, but also, of course, a lot on Jeff Skinner as well. Great. It is next week. It's Father's Day week. Don't forget that. And that means the U.S. Open, and it's at Pebble Beach, which speaking Prime of time golf. just, yeah, night golf is going to be great. Um, the favorite, not a surprise, Brooks Kepka, 6-1 to one right now. Mm-hmm. Dustin Johnson, 7-1. to one, Tiger Woods, 10-1. to one. And then Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, Patrick Cantlay, 16-1. to one. Patrick Cantlay's moving up the board. He so. had a nice win last yep. week at the Memorial. So. Yep. Keys to playing Pebble Beach. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't played there. (laughs) Hit a 350 and make every putt. Right, yeah, yeah, right down the middle, wedge it close. (laughs) Like Tiger did. When when was that, 2001? Was that when he won big? 2000. 2000. Yeah, Yeah. he won by 15. He was minus 12, and the next best player was plus 3. I saw it was Ernie Els was one of the players. That is amazing. I've been seeing, they've actually shown... Some of the uh, the rounds this week, like it late at night on Golf Channel, like the replays, and just to see. First of all, Tiger's shirt, you know, it's super baggy. It's like halfway down his forearm and everything. And yeah, and he's he, a little string bean back then. Yeah, yeah compared he, to what he is today. And he's got either the three wood, and you know, it looks like the size of a pin needle. How little the wood is, and then he he hits the stinger, as yep. we all remember, and that thing just just took off and. Yeah, ran, run and run and run and run. Yeah, he was he was the best player in the world by a mile that week. No one could even touch him, and he was for that whole time, as I as I remember. To win not at Pebble Beach and to win when the course is set up difficult as the USGA does. I mean, it's their hard. It's you know, it's pretty much the hardest setup of the year for the pros to win by fifteen. And the thing everybody remembers how well he struck the. What I remember also that week and, and for his career is how great he putted. He was the best putter in the world forever. Um, if you put him, I remember meeting with Butch Harmon and said, if you had a 72-hole putting contest instead of winning by five each week, Tiger would win by 15. He was that much better of a putter than everybody else. Yeah. All right, so who do you like? Yeah, it's going to be a surprise. Brooks Koepka. Um, he's been playing so good. He seems to rise in the majors. He has a game custom built for it, and he is oozing with confidence, I imagine. So I'm going to go with Brooks Koepka. All right. Uh, I'm sucked in by what I saw yesterday from Justin Thomas. I bet. He looked really good, and he, of course, was injured there for a little while. Missed the PGA, remember. That's right, yeah. So he he came back, played pretty well last week. This week he looks like he's raring to go. I like uh, the twenty-five to one odds as well. If for those I'm of you Justin. that like to throw a little whatever on twenty-five how about, to one, that's how about pretty nice. Snedeker? He might be. You know, he's, he's playing well this one. week, and with the way he putts, and he's competed in some majors, uh, he might be due. Snedeker is eighty to one. If you're looking for a bang for your buck, there different greens out there, though. I bet because it's going to be mostly Pola annual, I believe. Out Who's at playing Pebble. well this week? Webb Simpson's playing well. He's sixty to one. 
And uh, we mentioned guys that haven't won a major. Like you mentioned about that about Snedeker. Mm-hmm. Snedeker hasn't won a major. Kuchar hasn't won a major. Kuchar's 50 to 1. These are guys that have had outstanding PGA Tour careers, but maybe just haven't gotten their major yet. And I wouldn't be surprised if either of them got there still at their age. Kuchar or, or Snedeker or a guy like that. I mean, they're. They're both high-quality players. Kuchar, of course, tied for the lead this week at the Canadian Open. Yep, it's uh, and that's what's fun. It's our national championship, and it's always on Father's Day. It'll be unique. I, I like that it's at prime time. You'll have to stay yes. awake a little longer to catch it all, but that'll be a lot of fun to watch. And uh, you know, as I tell my kids, we can do anything in the morning, but every I think half the fathers in the world are sitting there watching golf in the afternoon. That's right. Tiger plays Thursday night for the East Coast. He's got mm-hmm. he has a five o'clock. Tea time. East Coast time? East Coast time. So his round will go from like 5 to 10. Prime time. Yeah. That'll be really good. Yeah, ratings will be good. And then uh, they've got the, the flip, you know, like Mickelson and Kepka and Dustin Johnson. Those for guys Friday. will play for Friday night. Too. And the views, if the weather's good and the view, just it's worth watching the uh, the golf course. I mean, even not the players. If you just have it on and just the views of the Pacific Ocean and Monterey, all the, the peninsula out there, it's, it's just a gorgeous place to be. I've been there. I've taken a ride around it, but I haven't played the facility. And it's it's just an amazing place with so much history. And it's the U.S. Open. Should be great. That's right. And don't forget, uh, Fox Sports as the coverage. Oh, so it's on right. Fox in primetime. And then it's Fox Sports 1 during the, uh, the the afternoon here on the East Coast. Because, of course, it's in California at Pebble Beach. So uh, it'll be a little later. If you're looking for that on Thursday, Friday. But they've got a ton of TV. So it uh, it's good, you know, in the sense of that part of it. I'm not necessarily huge fans of Fox's coverage of golf. but They're getting better. It's getting better. They're it has gotten better. better. Yes. The first year it was brutal. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, yes, it's it getting bad. and everybody's got an opinion on Joe Buck, who of course leads their coverage. So <laughs> that's right, that's right. All right, uh, that that was a quick hour. We're it done. Was. Yeah, it's a pretty cool place to be. I'm I'm excited to come out here. I'm looking forward. To, I'm going to grab my daughter one of these nights. That's right. Come on and play nine. How about exactly what we were just talking about here? Looks like a, a father and two boys coming up. We're yep. assume maybe it's his two sons or a son and a friend. Just yep. walked up. They're teeing off on number one right now. Yeah, it's one of those deals. You don't even need your whole bag. If yep. it's the longest hole is a buck sixty, bring three or four clubs and you're all set. That's right. Yep. Yeah, really, really cool. So, hey, I want to thank uh, General Manager Tom Stern and Golf Pro Jim Dreff for having us here today and for joining us here on the show. If you want any information on Bobblelink, check out their website, bobblelinkgolf.com, or you can contact them, 662-4311. They've got junior programs here this summer. I mean, we talk about it all the time, affordability, time, and uh, flexibility in terms of coming out here at any time during the day or at night. And like These check all the boxes uh, here. Yeah, it does check all the boxes. And it, it and it looks like they've done a nice job maintaining this place. So it's a good golf experience. That's right. Yeah, of course, in great shape. So thanks for everybody here at Bobbling for having us. Thanks to Kevin Sylvester for joining us. Thanks to Derek Kramer for producing back in our Amherst studios. The entire show will be up in our on-demand audio section, WGR550.com. Next week we'll be at Tantara Golf Club for Father's Day two hours because of the U.S. Open. Don't go anywhere, though. Jeff Skinner Talk. Coming up, we stay live and local here on WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.